Honestly, only like three people are gonna get the reference for the the title. Your mom? What? Oh. Uh, no. The <laughs> lion from the north. The lion from I, the north. I don't get it, to be honest. That's his nickname. Really? But uh, Sabaton made a song called The Lion from the North. Sabaton or Sabotage? Sabaton. Oh, I don't know who that is. Oh. I bet Chasten would know what Honestly, that reference is. He does. He, he's, he's one of the three people that'll get that. Who's the other one? Your dad? <laughs> My dad, yeah. <laughs> he listens to a lot of Sabaton. Welcome to Rob's Random Stuff. The Welcome. podcast... Wait, I forgot what... What do I say? The podcast uh, of stuff so random that no algorithm will ever pick us up. There we go! And in this... Ouch. Charlie, why Great did you intro, do that? 10 out of 10. <laughs> and in today's episode, we're talking about Gustavos Adolphus, a Swedish king. So, our friend Gus here was born on December 9th in 1594 and died on November 6th, 1632. He was the king of Sweden from 1611 to 1632 and was crowned on October 12th, 1617. You don't have to remember any of those dates because we never mention them again in the episode. <laughs> He's credited with a lot of stuff, including making Sweden one of the primary military forces in Europe during the Thirty Years' War and helped bring balance between the religious and political powers in Europe at the time. When he inherited the throne at the ripe age of 16, Gus also inherited three wars from his dad, Charles, I think that's nine, it's, it's IX. That's nine, right? Yeah, I think so. Charles the Ninth of Sweden. The first two were border conflicts with Russia and Denmark-Norway and a dynastic struggle with his first cousin, King Sigismund III Vasa of Poland. <laughs> do, do you think I got that right? I don't think you did, to be honest. <laughs> Sigismund. Yes. Close I'll enough. Just, I'll call him Sig. Okay, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Out of all these three, the, the, the border war with Sig was the most serious. Gustavus is also known as the father of modern warfare, which we will get into later. So uh, here's some biographical information that I copied from the Wikipedia page and put in my own words. So Gustavus was born in Stockholm in 1594 to Duke Charles of the House of Vasa and his second wife, Chist... Oh, wait. I think that's supposed to say Christina. Christina of yeah. the Holstein Gotorp. At the time, his cousin Sig was the king of both Sweden and Poland. However, the Protestant Duke Charles forced Sig out of the Swedish throne in 1599. <laughs> oh, wow. Look, while I was writing the script, I got lazy and just wrote Sig. Probably because Sig was a Catholic. This was part of the preliminary religious strife before the Thirty Years' War. Charlie reigned as the regent before taking the throne as the Charles Charles IX of Sweden in 1604. Our crown prince, Gus, had Gagnef Flota <laughs> Dale Carlia as a duchy from 1610. 
His dad, Charlie, had died on October of 1611, and the 16-year-old Gustavus Adolphus had inherited the throne and was declared of age and able to reign himself at 17 as of December 16th. Very young. He, he, yeah, indeed. John, do you think you could be a king right now? I do not. Do you think you could be a king, Robbie? Probably not. I'm, I'm just a Kringle king. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> he also inherited Sig's dynastic struggle. During this struggle, Gus invaded Livonia at age 31, beginning the Polish-Swedish War that lasted from 1626 to 1629. He intervened on behalf of some Lutherans and Germanys who opened the gates of their cities to him, and in June of 1630 he landed in Germany, marking the Swedish intervention in the Thirty Years' War. He intervened on the anti-imperial side, which was, at the time, losing to the Holy Roman Empire. However, the Swedes would quickly reverse this predicament. Gus was married to Maria Eleonora of Brandenburg, the daughter of John Sigismund, elector of Brandenburg, and chose the Prussian city Elbing as the base for his operations in Germany. I'm not gonna lie, I think Germany is the only thing I've said right in this entire episode. Yeah, but that's okay, people will get the idea, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, Gus died in the Battle of Lutzen in 1632, his death, of course, was a huge loss for the Lutherans, resulting in large parts of Germany and other countries conquered for Lutheranism to be reconquered for Catholicism. His involvement in the Thirty Years' War gave rise to his nickname, the Lion from the North, hence the name of this episode. Hey, there you go. Ta-da! Ta-da! Gustavus Adolphus's politics in the territory of Estonia also show some progressive tendencies. In 1631, he forced the nobles to grant peasants greater autonomy in the region and also encouraged education, opening a school in Tallinn in 1631, today known as Gustav Adolf Grammar School. On June 30th, 1632, he signed the foundation decree of Academia Thorpatensis in Estonia, today known as the University of Tartu. Despite significant hardships for the people, the period of Swedish rule over Estonia has been idealized in Estonian folklore as the good old Swedish times, which has been attributed to comparisons with the following era under Russian czars. On August 27th of 1617, his speech before his coronation included the following statement. I carefully learned to understand about that experience, which I could have... Why did I put that in here? I'm not no, going to read that. Got <laughs> I think I just copied and pasted the thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now's the interesting part. This is my favorite part. As mentioned earlier, he was also a great military commander and is known as the father of modern warfare. The war with Denmark-Norway ended in 1613 with peace that didn't cost Sweden any territory but cost them a lot of money to pay via the Treaty of Nared. Gus allowed his troops to plunder towns and villages, and since he met little resistance, they destroyed 24 parishes in Scania. The war in Russia ended in 1617 with the Treaty of Stolbovo, which basically kicked Russia out of the Baltic Sea. The final war, the one against Poland, finally ended in 1629 with the Truce of Altmark, 
which transferred the province of Livonia to Sweden and freed the Swedish forces for the intervention in Germany, where the Swedes had already established a strong position of attack in 1628. Would you like to continue, John? Sure. Okay. The electorate of Brandenburg was especially torn apart by the fight between the Catholics and the Protestants. The Brandenburg minister and diplomat Baron influenced Gus to support and protect the Protestant side in Germany. We love Germany. I've always wanted to go to Germany, to be honest. I've heard it's pretty cool over there. Yeah. I've heard gas is expensive. Yeah, one of my aunts goes to Germany like three times a year. Dang. Yeah. She sounds kind of rich. Well, she has like a little house in Germany. Ooh. And Mexico and France. Oh my gosh, dude. How rich (laughs) is your entire family? Uh, she's not actually very rich, to be honest. She just like what? To... She just travels a lot. She spends all of her money on traveling. Oh, okay, that makes yeah. sense. Anyways, Gus was able to consolidate the Protestant position in the north using reinforcements from Sweden and money supplied by France via the Treaty of Barwald. And I do not think that's correct, but that's what we're gonna go with. I th- I think you got it, actually. Bar Barwald. Bar- or Wal- I don't know. Or well, something like that. <laughs> After the Swedish were done plundering in Brandenburg, they endangered the ability to get war contributions from occupied territories. Marauding and plundering was banned from the Swedish soldiers. Meanwhile, a Catholic army was destroying Saxony. Gus's army met the Catholics, and he won a decisive victory at the First Battle of Brittenfield in September of 1631. This is very old. Indeed. Then he marched across Germany, establishing his winter quarters close to Rhine, and began making plans for the invasion of the Holy Roman Empire. I like to take just like one second to admire the Swedish people that had to be banned from marauding and plundering because they invaded too many places. Even though, like, like, Vikingism had ended like 600 years before that, and they That's still true. had to ban that plundering from the... I love yeah. Swedish people. Same. I love Swedish chocolate as well. Indeed. Um, you copied... Let's see. Why is this in quotes? Because uh, I didn't feel like rewording that. Oh, okay. <laughs> in March of 1632, Gustavus Adolphus invaded Bavaria, an alley of the emperor. He forced the withdrawal of his Catholic opponents at the Battle of Rain, making the high point of the campaign. Pretty neat. In the summer of that year, he sought a political solution that would preserve the existing structure of states in Germany and would also guarantee the security of its protestants. However, achieving these objectives depended on his continued success on the battlefield. And so in 1627, near Durashu in Russia, a Polish soldier shot him in the muscles of the shoulders. He survived, but the doctors could not remove the bullet. So from that point on, he could not wear iron armor and two fingers of his right hand ended up paralyzed. That sounds interesting. Indeed. I don't, I don't think I'd want two of my fingers to be paralyzed, especially <laughs> in my right hand. Make it very yeah. hard to like do anything, I would feel like. Like open a door, pick anything up. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. The plate normally worn by important officers at that time was replaced by a buff coat. It was made of moose hide, which would have serious consequences later. And we'll get that to that later in the episode. Indeed. Um, on, on November 6th, 1632, Gus encountered the Imperial Army under Albrecht von Wallenstein at Lutzen, which would prove to be one of the most important battles of the Thirty Years' War. 
Gus, he led a cavalry charge at one of the crucial points of the battle, and around 1 p.m., in the thick gun smoke and fog covering the battlefield, the Nig was separated from his cavalry and was shot multiple times. Would you like to take over, Robbie? Sure. <laughs> a bullet <sm> a <laughs> <laughs> A bullet smacked him in the elbow, while another hit his horse in the neck. Dazed and confused, the king strayed behind enemy lines. He was shot in the back, stabbed, and fell off his horse. And I'd like to point out that he's still alive right now. Lying on the ground, he received a final and fatal shot to the temple. His death remained unknown for a while until the gunnery paused and the smoke cleared. And somebody spot his horse with no rider. His disappearance stopped the Swedish initiative and they conducted a search. His body was found a couple later, couple hours later, and was evacuated by an artillery wagon. As those Vasa princes who descended from those deposed monarchs were excluded from the throne, and Gustavus Adolphus's younger brother had died ten years before, his young daughter Christina became his successor, with Maria Eleonora and other ministers governing on her behalf. He left one other known child, his illegitimate son Gustav, Count. Of Asaborg. Damn, that's kind of sad. <laughs> it is kind of sad. <laughs> I think I think every Swedish king we've covered on here has has a, had a really sad death. Yeah, the endings are always like very I don't know <laughs> yeah. disappointing and sad. Yeah. But I think that was a pretty interesting <laughs> interesting episode. Indeed. That was shorter than I thought, to be honest. How how long do we have? We have uh, 16 minutes. That's not bad. That's, we can just consider that a short episode. I think Indeed. it's good to have some short episodes because, like... Yes, you know, I think so, too. Like, if anybody actually listens to the podcast, I don't think that they, like, listen for, like, an hour. But maybe they do. <laughs> Perhaps. I don't know if anybody actually listens to it, to be honest. People listen my, to it, right? My dad does. Yeah? All the time anybody he comes else? up to me and says says stuff about the podcast. He said else? you're wrong, by the way. He said Little Caesars is garbage. Really? Yeah. It's gonna cry. <laughs> I don't know who else listens. I mean, we have some views, so I'd assume some people are listening, right? I think some of the Kringles listen, maybe. Perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't seem very 12-year-old friendly, to be honest. Yeah. <clears throat> I think they might just be capping a bit. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. Okay, should we play Fortnite now? Yes. Oh, wait, wait. We need an outro. Oh, yes. It feels like I just did the intro, so I'm going to do it in the same style. Uh, John, how do I say the outro again? Because I forgot. What outro? The outro, you know. It just says, okay, goodnight right there. Well, usually we just, like, summarize the episode and, like, talk about stuff and then, yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening to Rob's Random Stuff. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube now. So go check us out. We've got a website, too, in case you didn't notice. That that basically just just has our podcast on it. And that's all. We also all. have a Discord server. Oh, yeah, we do. That's on yeah. the website. You can join it from the website. We have a Facebook page, too. Oh, yes. A Facebook page. <laughs> I need to post more often on there. <laughs> and Twitter. Don't forget about... Everybody loves Twitter. Yeah, true, uh, true. 
Twitter's good. <laughs> Thanks for listening and have a good morning, a good noon, a good afternoon, a good midday, or a good night. <laughs>